The following message is brought to you by the Ezra Institute for Contemporary Christianity. To learn more about the Ezra Institute's mission to advance the Lordship of Christ, please visit www.ezrainstitute.ca. And away we go, it's the culture war. This time of a Tuesday morning, we get into it with our, our cultural warriors, the panel who uh, discuss certain matters that are here present in our uh, popular culture, and uh, we just analyze and perhaps deconstruct, and here to help in that regard again is Scott Masson, Associate Pastor at the Westminster Chapel in Toronto. Good morning, Scott. Morning, John. And Justin Trottier, Spokesperson for the Canadian Secular Alliance. Good morning to you, Justin. Good morning to both of you. All right. You know, now, fellas, this is an interesting one. Uh, Insofar as Halloween is just around the bend, everybody's sort of gearing up. Uh, I certainly see it in my neighborhood. It's uh, prevalent in so many other aspects, uh, you can't miss it, but uh, there's a a perspective that says perhaps Halloween isn't so innocent after all. Uh, I know kids go door-to-door trick-or-treating and all the rest, just childhood fun, but many are also ascribing to it a sinister subtext or something that has more serious implications for our broader culture. Scott Masson, would you agree with that? I would agree with that. It's, uh, it's certainly the origins of the festival. It's a pagan festival of, of death. At least some scholars argue that it was, the, uh, along with the, with the changing of the seasons, the growing darkness. And there were sacrifices that were made on it and, uh, and various sexual practices. It has been documented that this has taken place. So that, that holiday, which we call Halloween, All Hallows' Eve, in anticipation of Saints' Days, was basically um, transformed by Christians to demonstrate the power of the gospel in vanquishing the powers of darkness. And people were delivered from these bizarre and, quite frankly, inhumane sexual and uh, and ethical practices, you know, sacrifices. And, and the pagans, the, you know, the Druids have this wonderful Gandalf reputation. They, they made human sacrifices. Um, they, the gospel transformed that, and so the Christian calendar was imposed, as it, as it were, on culture. What we see is a, a return of a new sort of paganism, this growth in a culture of, of horror and uh, self-loathing and guilt, we see it in vampire films, zombie films, increasingly exploitative activities, you know, 40 Shades of Grey, uh, which is sadomasochistic, and it's mummy porn. So we see this growing in our culture all the time, and uh, I do think it, it, it augurs ill, and it is a sign of something bigger than simply a big uh, commercial extravaganza, which doubtless it is. It's an $8 billion industry in the U.S. I don't know what the stats are in Canada. All right. I think you shortchanged them 10 shades of gray, but still. Uh, <laughs> nonetheless, Halloween, uh, that's an interesting interpretation. You're saying you know, this is just maybe symptomatic of our lapsing towards the dark side or sinister practices, the black arts. Is that what you're saying? I can see that, and it is happening. And, uh, and you can also see it culturally in other areas. You can see a social, social disintegration, and I happen to think that there is a link there. Uh, I think uh, the popular Canadian understanding of Halloween is a festival you go around with a little bag, put a costume on, get some candy. <clears throat> but you see alongside of it uh, an obsession with, the, with, with horror and death and so forth. I mean, people putting up, uh, you know, gravestones and all that stuff. Adults, it's a big thing for people. Um, and adults seem to get into it more than the kids do. 
All right. Uh, I don't know how we'd interpret this because I'm not a psychologist what this might mean, but Scott's made uh, a provocative point here. Uh, yes, do you agree indeed. with his assessment there, Jason? Justin? Not really. I mean, Scott's portraying our society as going to hell in a handbasket, so to speak. And um, I think if you actually look at the trends, we, we torture people less. Um, we have fewer people who are uh, torturing themselves uh, with uh, body mortification to refer to the sadomasochism really? you, were, you were talking about. Really? In those crusader <clears throat> ages, Scott, um, when Suicides they... Uh, Suicide rates are off let the charts. I'll let you finish. Let sure, finish. sorry. In the Middle Ages, in the uh, early Christian period, when Christians gained the upper hand over those pagans, uh, it's true that the pagans were, were doing some uh, horrific things of their own, but the Christians were no better. And in fact, to civilize them, as you might say, uh, they, they committed atrocities against the pagans. And that's not done these days. Pagans don't commit atrocities or torture Christians or vice versa. So I think we have improved as a culture. And there isn't a lot of evidence to suggest that uh, these symbolic uh, uh, holidays where people have fun and they get dressed up, uh, that this is going to return us to those dark days caused by, by the Christian church. Uh, when they were dominant in Europe. In fact, the chief exorcist of the Vatican, Father Amorth, says people want to dress up and have fun, it's fine. Maybe they'll understand the evil within each of us a little bit better. We all have a good side and, an, and a bad side. I don't believe in evil as a personific, personified entity, but I do believe we're all capable of good and, and, and bad. And I think if we can come to terms with that uh, through these kinds of sim- symbolic acts, that's not such a bad thing. The other, thing, the other point I want to make uh, is that, and I think you'll like this, Scott, the original point of all feast uh, all saints day the feast day of all saints day uh was to honor and celebrate the original christian martyrs correct uh, and these martyrs uh died for freedom of religion i mean isn't that another thing we can reflect on importance of fundamental freedoms like freedom all right, of religion. but you see the argument is that all saints day which is on november 1st day after halloween all hallows eve which is you know to celebrate the saints that's totally been forgotten. That's diminished, except for mm-hmm. maybe some practitioners of the Catholic faith. Mm-hmm. And that's what they're saying. Halloween has subsumed all of this because it's become sort of uh, trivialized. Kids going door to door and putting masks and stuff on. But this actually has its roots in a sanctified religious but until the day 50s, of observance. Until the 50s or 60s, the Catholic faith had among their liturgical uh, days uh, where they would sort of celebrate uh, different different feasts, uh, feast days um, – all Hallows' Eve, or they would call it All Saints' Day. Um, so it isn't, you know, the the, the Christian tr- church, at least the Catholic denomination of it, has incorporated. Uh, it's true, a pagan holiday, but they've they have used it for their own devices. They've done that, by the way, with Easter and Christmas, which we can get into. Well, it's um, interesting, as you, you pointed out yourself, it's called All Saints' Day, and these right. are the martyrs. These are the martyrs that were sacrificed by the pagans of their day, mm-hmm. um, and and. What that demonstrated, and this was what is symbolized in All Saints' Days, is the conquest, even in death, of darkness by the light. Mm-hmm. So there's a significance pointing to the death and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ in the sacrifice of his saints. So that is commemorated. What I'm saying is that that light, which the Christian holiday of All Saints' Day represented, has now gone entirely, and all that's left is the darkness. And I'm, I've said that there's an increasing societal trend towards an obsession with horror and death. And despite what you've said about uh, people not uh, loathing themselves and not mutilating themselves, uh, psychologists and sociologists and whoever you want to speak to will say the exact opposite. I mean, we talk about bullying here all the time. There's a growing tendency towards a brutalization of society, and you can no, see it in a growing culture. sensitivity 
to the unacceptance no, of those kinds of No, that's simply not true. There, it's not a growing sensitivity uh, on that front. But bullying wasn't even considered a criminal act until until recently. So I think we are becoming more and more sensitized. And maybe it's, I don't want to overplay my hand here, but maybe it's through things like Halloween or at least reflecting on, as I put it, the, the possible badness of each of us that we attain that sensitivity. But, you know, people have been trying to get rid of Halloween for ages. I'm well, not sure Puritans that, in America uh, also wanted to get rid of Halloween. Well, they didn't you know, do you're very right. Well, Puritans but, and other uh, religious sects, as well as, uh, you know, folks from different backgrounds also. In fact, the Toronto District School Board floated the idea a couple of years ago of replacing Halloween and the notion of it with Black and Orange Day. So, mm-hmm. you know, they could satisfy the kids still wanting to come with their costumes and such, but take away any kind of a sense of lapsing into onto the dark side because there were people from other countries for whom this, uh, to your point, Scott, uh, maybe courted or flirted with demonology. And the black arts. And uh, they thought that this was something they didn't want their kids participating in. So, you know, I want to put it out to the audience. I think it's a provocative point that uh, from time to time gets raised. It's the issue of Halloween and seemingly innocuous stuff, harmless. But uh, is there a darker side to this whole embracing of, well, uh, the dark arts and, uh, as you say, horror films, the whole genre? It just engenders all of these things and maybe... Halloween becomes kind of like its focal point. Mm. Uh, Scott Masson believes that to be the case. He's mm. the associate pastor at the Westminster Chapel in Toronto. Justin Trache, spokesperson for the Canadian Secular Alliance. Let's send it up and see what the folks say. Halloween, innocent fun, or is there a sinister subtext to this? And we ought to be wary that we're sliding into darkness against the light. All right, welcome back to The Culture War with Scott Masson from the Westminster Chapel in Toronto. Justin Trache, spokesperson for the Canadian Secular Alliance. Scott's thesis that somehow Halloween isn't all just innocent fun, not just a childhood shenanigans, but there's more to it, a sinister subtext, and you see this with Hollywood and its embracing of demonology and the movies and all the stuff that's rampant in our culture now might just signal, you know, uh, a type of trying to snuff out the light and embrace the darkness. Uh, do you agree with that interpretation? Do you think there's something we ought to be mindful and wary of? John and Whitby, we'll start with you. Good morning, Oakley Show. Uh, good morning, gentlemen. Uh, yeah, of course, you could look back and say it's about pagans and sacrificial offerings and whatnot, but I take my kids up for Halloween. We have a witch and a a pumpkin outside, but if you really look at a lot of children themes, I mean, you can look at nursery rhymes and Sesame Street and see sort of an ominous uh, subtext as well. I mean, look, look at Easter. We crack Easter eggs. You tell your child, we nailed Christ to a cross. We tortured him. We whipped him. I mean, really. I mean, it, it's for children, and Halloween, obviously, maybe it's not per se a religious holiday. I mean, it's about fun. And yes, if you really want to analyze it about sacrificing, about horror movies and whatnot, you could go that avenue, but it's not really a holiday that's taking so, so religious as far as a religious context. Kids associate with chocolate candies and treats. Sure. All right, so you see the innocence of it, and uh, there's nothing... Well, obviously, you're departing from what Scott's interpretation is or what he thinks is one of the dimensions. I'm that, not denying that what he says is true. I'm, I, I know that many people go out with their children to give them candies and treats and to dress up. That's fine. We're talking about what lies underneath it and is growing as a, a phenomenon, and that's what I'm talking about. But they sure. don't just go out. They also open their door to others. And there's an element, I think, of almost neighborliness. I mean, at what other time of the year can you knock on someone's door and be greeted with smiles? Right. I mean, the Jehovah Witnesses who don't like Halloween very much. Maybe that's because when they go knocking door to door, they don't get smiles. It's, it's, not, it's not fun. <laughs> well, no, but, you know, it's a serious point you raise. The Jehovah's Witnesses believe this to be a form of idolatry. 
And in other words, you know, uh, you it's almost antithetical to the Christian deity. And this is what Scott is bringing up as That's well. What I'm saying. Uh, so let's see if uh, other people, we maybe scratch the surface on a story here that needs to be more fully explored. Is there something dark about uh, our culture now and embracing things like Halloween and the horror genre and uh, zombies and demons? And you're seeing this increasingly as a phenomenon, and you think it's speaking to our darker side. I do think so. Uh, in Proverbs 8.38, if I can quote scripture here, it's a lady wisdom. All they that hate me love death. Now, Jesus Christ is the wisdom of God. All those who hate him love death. It's not just that it happens to us, that there is an obsession with it. And it's the reason there's an obsession is, is there's an awareness of, of guilt uh, in human beings. And they try to get rid of that sense of guilt in some way. And they, they normally do it through some sort of atoning sacrifice and that you see this culturally not just christian but throughout human society there's an attempt to do that and i think that's the reason for the attraction of horror fiction well, is they see if... somebody die and it's usually a bad guy and and there's a sense of catharsis that comes out of it right yeah, maybe the unhealthy obsession with the deathly and horrific elements of halloween from a lot of christian conservatives stems from the fact that at the very core of christianity is an element of torture and, and horrific, um, mutilating death, as the caller alluded to. I take, for example, the activity around Halloween of um, uh, some fundamentalist conservatives and these pamphlets, these comics that they produce called Hell Houses. Are you familiar with that? I'm afraid not. Where they, where they take Halloween, the horrors of Halloween, and they insinuate into the minds of young kids, very young kids, uh, ghostly and demonic images of death, and they use those as metaphorical whips uh, to instill obedience through fear. I mean, yeah. that's one. You want to talk about well, the, you know, go- the gospel what's is not wrong just with the, how we celebrate yeah. Halloween. That's all right. Scary. Well, let me get back to the callers sure. here as to whether or not, on the simple question of whether or not, you know, uh, this is just maybe symbolic of a greater embracing of the dark stuff in our uh, psyches or our society. Uh, do you think there's something dangerous about Halloween and the direction we're going? Tom, what's your take? Good morning, Oakley Show. Thanks for taking my call. Yep. Um, I believe that, uh, yeah, there is a dark side to uh, to Halloween. I like the idea that we've made it fun, um, but here's here's my reality, uh, and I'll, I'll I'll tell you right off the bat. I am a Christian. I am a church leader. Um, we have, as the church, um, been very very poor at representing God, at representing the heart of God, and I believe that uh, the world, people in general, will either align with um, God or align with not God. And I'm not going to call it evil, okay? Um, if I look at uh, symbols, for instance, I mean, uh, what, what are people attracted to in terms of tattoos and things they wear on their shirts and, and, and marketing it? Skulls and, and mm. knives dripping with blood. And it's kind of, it's kind of been made cool by the world. Yep. And, that's, and that's the reason for that, I think, is because the church, us, me, have done such a poor, poor job of representing God and who he is, and the joy, and the peace, and the satisfaction that comes with being truly a Christian, not just giving mental assent to God, but really knowing him and being known by him. We've, we've really, truly sucked at that. And, I mean, I spend a lot of my time as a church leader apologizing for the behavior of the church. And that's sad. That's, and, and I'm in the midst of, as a, as a church leader, changing that culture so that Christians are not twits and morons, but really people you can actually admire and look up to. All right, well, and we should expand to uh, include the synagogue and the mosque. I wonder sure. how they respond to this. I mean, is it a triumph of paganism versus, you know, uh, trying to say that, you know, uh, there's a 
a, a brighter way and a light. It is a culture-specific holiday. I mean, it doesn't exist in, in the Muslim world, as far as I know, nor in the, the Jewish. It is a sort of, and it's a very North American thing. I mean, I, I lived in the UK for a number of years, and in Germany, for that matter, and it's barely even, yeah. it's just a blip. It's more... All right, but by the way, we should have included death metal, I guess, in that list of things that are being embraced as uh, part of the nihilistic society. I I agree. Look, if I can just respond to that quickly, because when he was talking about tattoos, I I see his point. But then some people also have, you know, the name of the man or woman they love tattooed on their on their arms. So, I mean, again, I think this goes to masochism. (laughs) Perhaps, perhaps. But what I think it goes to my point earlier that we're all capable of. Uh, maybe tattooing an angel on one arm or a devil on the other. And, and you know, it's up to us to, to make choices uh, uh, every day going in one direction or, or the other. I yeah, don't he's see saying, the Scott is natural saying trend of society. Increasingly, he sees the axis tilting towards the culture of death, destruction, nihilism, negativity, blackness, the black art, so on and so forth. Because as we uh, embrace social justice issues, they're just not the kind of uh, points of view he, well, he you're, thinks uh, is positive. I right, think they well, are the right way to go. Well, you do, but then you have no understanding or, or no... Uh, explicable explanation for what justice is. You just assume it. All right, let um, me grab John's call in here. Johnny, what do you say? Do you think we're going into uh, the darker areas? Hi, good day. Yeah, I was saying to your screener, I think we're slowly creeping into darkness. I think this is just a giant psyop where Halloween or the idea, because it's not really a holiday, it's been hijacked and it's been used to introduce the idea of violence and death mm-hmm. and blood and gore as being sexy. Yeah, I, I like it to, like... Uh, introducing children to sex education very early. Yeah, very interesting. Don't think about it. It's an introduction. It's a way to get them to start thinking about it, and then they become more likely to accept it. And it's made sexy through movies. And Agreed. Your last caller, the preacher... Right on. He's inspiring, and I, that's all. I'll Sorry, that's fair enough. But so I mean, ridiculous. I, I mean, you, we, Scott just mentioned how Halloween is more popular in North America than elsewhere. North America has lower rates of violence and death overall than, say, the Muslim world or other parts of the world, and certainly lower rates of violence and violent death than it had 100 years ago. This is just, I mean, well, the evidence just, just does not support that. There's no evidence for what you're saying there, actually, but... Um, There's plenty. No, okay. The, the point of the TDSB, the Orange and Black Day, rather than talking about Halloween, the spiritual implications, this is just uh, a window dressing. It doesn't address whether the reality of the thing, it just makes it, this is a way of making it popular. I take the caller's point that there is actually uh, an inoculation to the darkness there that goes on and parents are made to accept it and the, getting the sweet, the candy that goes along with it makes it acceptable and hard to resist. How can a parent not do this if, you know, if your daughter or son wants to go out to get a bag of candy? Is mom, mom and dad going to say, no, you can't do that? Well, I mean, let's take uh, another segment here to uh, flesh this out more fully. More calls on the line and uh, I'd like to hear from people from other cultures as well. If, you know, Halloween uh, kind of leaves you uh, uneasy or do you embrace it readily as just a fun time with the kids on uh, this one particular night of the year or is there something darker to all of this where we're going as a society and a culture with the culture warrior Scott Mass and Justin Trache more of your calls in a moment all right on the day before Halloween we're talking about Halloween in the cultural context with Scott Mass an associate pastor at the Westminster Chapel in Toronto and Justin Trache spokesperson for the Canadian Secular Alliance where the argument is whether Halloween is just innocent stuff for kids and uh, families to enjoy or is there something underlying it that might be more sinister, maybe symbolic of a neo-paganism we're embracing and, you know, lapsing to the dark side in our culture, our society, in a cosmic sense, I guess, or psychologically. What do we say on that one? I was asking folks from, uh, you know, different cultures, ethnicities, or or faith groups, uh, not just Christians, to opine. And Diane, you're a Muslim. Yes, hi. Um, I am a Muslim, and um, they are enforcing on us 
uh, to celebrate Halloween in schools, which I do not celebrate. I'm not going to dress my kid up. I'm not going to buy candies. I'm not going to host anything to do with Halloween. I don't believe it. It's just to do with uh, paganism and devil worshipping and evil things, just to decorate it in a nice way by giving you candy. Mm. So you see it as a serious thing. It's not just innocent. It's not innocent. Definitely not innocent. Something to doctrine us with the belief of, I don't know, paganism, Kabbalah, whatever you want to call it. It's just not religious to do with Christianity, no Judaism, no Muslims. Now, is, is your point of view, mm -hmm. Diane, is that reflected in the Muslim community? Oh, yes. you're with it. Yes? Yes, it is. Uh, none of us celebrate Halloween. When we came here, it was like, Halloween? What is that? Okay, this is what you do. You get a candy. But when you look at it, underlining what's Halloween, it's just it's freaky, and, and we're not going to be part of it. Uh, and that guy from the church, I absolutely agree with him. Whatever he said is against God, and we're not sticking up for God at all. That's, well, it's that's fair my opinion. Sorry, it's fair enough. I mean, each individual, each parent can choose to celebrate it in their home or as they want or not at all. But I think, well, I'd be curious to know if, if you'd favor public policy that would actually remove it from schools because I don't I don't want to see any holidays removed from schools. I'm sure Scott doesn't want to see Christmas even, and Easter removed Christmas? from I mean, schools. You can't even talk even about though Christmas both Christmas and, and Easter also have very healthy pagan origins. You can't even talk about them in public. You can't, you can't talk about it in the public square. Christmas uh, or Easter. But, but you, you asked Diane. Yes, Diane, if she'd like to see acceptable. it. Would you rather see it removed from the school? No, uh, any marking of Halloween in the school? Well, yeah, of course I would. I would love that, actually. All right, Diane, I thank you for the call. Let's move over to Arvon. Arvon, you're from the Hindu faith. Yes, I'm from the Hindu faith. Just a quick comment, actually. Uh, uh, it's, it's a you know, it's a pretty prevalent faith, so uh, not much heard of in the mainstream, perhaps. But uh, in Hinduism, we have a high holiday called Diwali, which is actually on its way, kind of coincides with the Halloween. And uh, Hinduism being not being a religion, it's a way of life and much to do with the philosophy of uh, life rather than, uh, rather than any, any uh, dogmatic approach to uh, the way of, uh, you know, living your life. So the Diwali actually coincides with that. What it signifies is that since it is based on reincarnation, so any diseased uh, ancestors, they actually do come to visit you during this time. So, uh, and what we do is uh, it's called, also called one of the darkest nights of the, of the whole year, the festival of Diwali where you actually pay homage to the deceased or ancestral worship, basically, it coincides with that. So what I was trying to say is that it's probably the, one of the only faiths in the world which actually coincides with, the, with Halloween in that way, whereby you actually are uh, dealing with the spirits of the deceased. So that's all I have to say. All right, so you don't see anything dark or sinister about it? It's not actually sinister. It's actually very spiritual, actually, in a way, because we are connect interconnected in the universe with the deceased energy of the deceased people. So mm. these energies are actually should be taken, uh, you know, taken sort of, you know, not in a, any, um, uh, you know, any scary way or anything. Yeah, in a it's, negative light. Uh, right. Well, and whereas I would say that this is demon, this is demon worship. The spirits that are worshipped are not uh, life giving. This is this is demonic, and it pervades uh, cultures that embrace it. Quite frankly, the problem is it's hard to demarcate. Uh, paganism and its traditions, I'm afraid, from, say, monotheism and its traditions. I mean, to it's reinforce my earlier point, actually. well, in Christmas, Christmas trees, mistletoe, I mean, all of these symbols, which are in a lot of public schools, by the way, these are pagan. In Easter, it's and they, named I, after a pagan day. So and now back, we have a Hindu to... caller who is making a, the very good point that some of the practices or the beliefs within the Hindu tradition, if religion's the wrong word there, are, are say, Ancestor worship are very similar to traditions that that the pagans embraced. Right, there's, and, there's and an these cultures are marked by darkness and and sacrifice and exploitation. Well, I don't think Hinduism is. 
Sure. Where look at the look at the cultural consequences of Hinduism, where it's practiced and where it's lived out, and you tell me that this is a place where there is the sort of justice. You want to look at how Christianity in Africa is playing itself out? I, it's playing itself out wonderfully, actually. Really? The light is being brought into the people. The Lord's the army um, and the massacres that they're Are you talking doing about in the, the massacre of, of Christians by and, by Muslims. I mean, that's no, there's a, massacres all over the place in the name of religion. I'm saying Christians have been responsible for their fair share. I'm not saying that Christians are without sin. I'm saying that everyone is is a sinner and. And that Christ, the Lord of life, died for them. You Everyone's about, capable of sin and good. That's my point. All right, we're right. <laughs> digressing here. I just wanted to get back to sure. the Halloween theme and whether Indeed. or not this is symbolic of something uh, further and deeper and more profound that might have a dark side to it. Or is it just innocent fun? And uh, Scott Masson believes, you know, we're lapsing into a neo-paganism in our culture, our society. And Justin Trotchy, of course, uh, disagrees with that. Kevin and Lindsay, <laughs> what do you feel? Hello, Kevin. All right, Kevin's on delay here. Kevin, uh, we lost Kevin. Let me go instead to Mike in Toronto. Mike, what do you say? Well, I say it sounds to me like there's a lot of uh, religious intolerance going on here. Because I really appreciated the uh, the Hindu caller. That made a lot of sense. Uh, the culture, the culture from the Celtic people, was an ancient culture long before they were massacred by Caesar. You know, and. Uh, the idea that they became brutal, they took, they took prisoners and they, they put them in wicker and they burnt them. And the reason why they did it was because they were brutally massacred by the, by the Christians, the so-called Christians. That was actually prior to Christianity. But Well, then how could they be Christians if it was prior to Christianity? The, the point well, here... Those it, were the Romans that, that, that killed 50 million people and then co-opted it uh, through Constantine. You know, like it was just a co-option of something else. It wasn't a creation of Christianity or an embracing. Well, under Caesar, they weren't Christians yet, right? So no, this is prior to the 4th century. Yeah. All right, so uh, I guess I'm not sure exactly how we've uh, reconciled that call and all these other calls, but uh, I want to take a few more, if we can just hang in for another few moments, because, uh, you know, there are some other things, too, perhaps uh, we can... Raise quickly here with our culture warriors while we've got them. And your attention, Scott Mass and Justin Trache will stay with us for a few moments yet. All right, we're back at you, and uh, we're going to finish with this segment because, uh, well, Halloween is just around the bend, but uh, there's a serious discussion going on with our culture warriors and some interesting uh, phone and online action as well. Scott Masson, associate pastor at the Westminster Chapel in Toronto, says that we're uh, really embracing the dark side, the sinister stuff, and uh, increasingly so as a culture. Justin Trottier, spokesperson for the Canadian Secular Alliance, discounts that. Dave writes, uh, just heard the Muslim lady taking Halloween far too seriously. Ask any little kid about the pagan side of Halloween, and they'll say, what? I think religious zealots are far more dangerous, he writes. This from Yasmin. Halloween's a game that's being played with hell and its angels. There's no good that can come out of playing with fire and not expecting to be burned. This definitely is demonic worship, all hidden under the cloak of the term Halloween. Ask people to seek things that are beautiful and good, rather than the dark and demonic spirits. Vita wants to know, just curious, what's the actual definition of the word hallow? Sacred. Holy. Sacred, holy, holy, yeah. Right. And uh, Sheldon says, please tell the good pastor that Jesus didn't write Proverbs as you implied. That would be King Solomon. Didn't hear that part, did you? I, no, I didn't say that. Okay. I said that Jesus was the wisdom of God, and that lady wisdom was speaking in Proverbs. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's go back to the phone lines then as to whether or not this is a sort of neo-paganism that we're finding ourselves in increasingly as a culture. Mike and Pickering, what do you say? Well, you know, I'm actually half Hindu, half Catholic, and my girlfriend's Muslim. So I'm <laughs> all to your fronts here. I have never seen anyone actually 
you know, think twice about Halloween, where it's like, okay, it's Halloween, let's get dressed up and let's go out and have fun. Right. My girlfriend's Muslim, and for the past two years, her and her friends have been the ones holding the Halloween parties. Sure. So, I mean, I, you know what? To me, this is odd. I think anyone of any faith who really uh, takes this too seriously needs to lighten up. Like, give me a break. You live once. Who cares? You're saying we're overthinking it, but uh, in the broader context, mm -hmm. so I'll put it back in your court, Scott. How do sure. you explain? Well, no, I get, I get, I get the point, and I, I do believe that for most people, uh, Halloween is the sugar co coating. I'm just suggesting there's a bitter pill inside the sugar coating, and culturally, we can we can see that the growing obsession with horror and death, and that is actually a part of the Halloween festival, and and you can choose to ignore it, but I think the consequences we can't ignore, and that part of uh, life in general. So I mean, you can't ignore that. It just, it just, you know, it's just a, you know, it's just a, a part of, uh, you know, living, having a good time. We don't have that much to celebrate. I mean, we all have. Right, 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 right. So fair enough. It's a big party. I, I get that. The question is, why is it surround? Is this party surrounding a, a festival not only historically but even to this present day associated with death and horror? And it's a way to confront, so. it's a way to confront demons that are all around us. I don't, I and don't to the agree caller who talks about how when you play with fire, you get burnt. Well, I can't help making the fire analogy because people have been burnt by fire. They've been burnt by fire by fundamentalist Christians throughout history. It's chiefly because Christians. They, because they took, well, among others, uh, in this case, I think it's to the point to, to talk about the Christians who have burnt people at the stake because they, because they took demons and demon possession way too seriously. And now we, we make light of it. Maybe we mock it a little bit too much. But people aren't getting burnt at the stake anymore. So how can you, how can you make your point that, that so society's course anymore? So you say we've progressed. We've Absolutely. progressed from the darkness. We've actually entered the uh, realm of the light. The, the Puritans thought witches were real. And they killed people because of that belief. Right. So you're saying we're more enlightened. Absolutely. Whereas I think that Justin has a saccharine coded view of the world and that evil is a greater reality than is commonly acknowledged just because it's got a sugar. And again, my case in point is the growing violence and attraction to perversity, the self-loathing that we see in our culture and the psychology industry is around there to deal with it. And there's an increasing attempt to satisfy the scent of guilt and self-loathing and they can't do it. And ultimately, that is because at the, at the human heart, you talked about the awareness of evil. There is an awareness mm -hmm. of evil, and it's a reality, however. And there's only one way to deal with it, and that is through atonement. And the question is, are we going to atone for it ourselves through various manifestations, or are we going to accept the Lord Jesus and his atonement for our sins? I that, agree with you, that, that, That's at the heart that of the Christian that faith. That self-loathing and guilt are not epidemic. I think they've always been a part of the human condition. I agree. The question is, what's, after, what, after what the is fall. the healthy way to deal with it? And I don't think uh, hell houses, these, these comics that uh, well, I, I Christian evangelicals I do to, use ha to hijack Halloween, to scare kids by make, portraying the, the, as though hell actually exists and as though these I images mean, they right, see, so you see in Halloween are going to torment them after all they right. die. That's horrible. So you're seeing uh, online video games that are, you know, uh, a lot of death and nihilism. You see uh, death metal and, uh, you know, all these skulls and stuff, symbolic, uh, you know, uh, symbolism that's rampant in our society. Kind of like uh, a catharsis. It gets it out of our system and uh, makes us freer and cleaner thinking uh, as a result. That's what you see it as. It goes too far sometimes, certainly. Uh, but in general, a society which deals with, with its demons um, is one that's, I think, less likely to use those demons to do genuine harm. All right, let me grab some more calls. RJ and Barry, your turn. Good morning. Hi, how are you? Good. Go ahead. Good. Um, I just have a, basically, I have a huge issue with what's going on here. The, uh, you know, you have sex and everything, and they're talking about 
outlawing Halloween because of the evil that embraces. But, you know, I see on the news Catholic priests that are dressing in, you know, in their priest garb and going preaching, you know, the word of Catholicism, then turning around and molesting kids behind closed doors. I don't see anything more evil about Halloween where kids dress up as their favorite superhero or little pumpkins, you know, and going door to door collecting candy than going to church and listening to these stories that are thousands of years old, which, you know, preach absolutely nothing but war and the hurt that religion has placed on uh, societies. Well, I wonder if you've opened the Bible because the the, uh, the Bible doesn't preach anything of what you're suggesting. The uh, the actions of priests who abuse children are not only reprehensible, they are uh, beyond the pale, and I completely agree with you. And if we're going to make a comparison between priests dressing up in uh, sacramental clothing and children dressing up in costumes, I'm going to agree with you that what the priests do is far well, worse. That's I would terrible. have left this out, Scott, but since you mentioned that what you, know, you refer to the Bible as, as not having any of these horrifying images, I just have to totally disagree. I mean, are you referring to the book of Genesis, for example? or Exodus, where God basically commands the Israelites to kill whole groups of people, basically commands genocide and commands horrible torture as the method of executing people. This is what's in the Old, the Old Testament. There is, there is one instance in which the, the Amalekites are, he, God commands the Israelites to slaughter the Amalekites. Yes, he does. After the sins of the Amalekites have reached full measure. Right. And he's so done so. And he's, man, woman, and child, and infant. Is right. And then you find out a, few, a, few, a bit later that there are still some around. But the, the point is that oh, God will not nice. tolerate evil and he will seek to er- eradicate it. Mm-hmm. And the point, going back to my point about the atonement, is God saw the problem of evil and he provided a remedy for it. And that was the death of his son, Jesus. And we, at Halloween, we talk about the conquest of death by he who is the author of life. And so the light of the world is brought into the darkness, and the Christian calendar was an imposition on the, on the pagan calendar in its ways, which loved death, celebrated darkness, made sacrifices, including human sacrifices, and brought out prosperity and goodness and justice throughout the world. It's your interpretation, and you're welcome to have it. And if Thank that's you. the spin you want to put on Halloween, that's great. If other people want to put different spins on it and reflect on different values of uh, uh, neighborly uh, welcoming of one's home to others, as, as the reason I celebrate Halloween, for example, I think they should be allowed to do that. I all, think right, they well, should. all right, let me take another call to sort of cap this point, because uh, we're not obviously going to settle the matter here this morning, but it's a fascinating discussion mm. as to where we're going culturally with this, and Halloween is symptomatic of something or nothing. Ken, what do you think in Richmond Hill this morning? I'm gobsmacked at Scott's ignorance. How so? First of all, saying a pagan worships evil or Satan is akin to saying an atheist worships Jesus. Second, because if there's no God, there can be no Satan. Second of all, pagans worship the wearing pagans. of fright masks is a tradition to frighten away the evil spirits that roam the earth, especially in the season of death, fall, when everything dies, and a cold winter coming where many people tend to die. So, Ken, are you a pagan? I am. All right, and so you don't feel there's anything necessarily unholy or evil or sinister about your belief system? Not at all. I don't worship Satan. I, uh, in, in, in my belief, there is no Satan. If there's no God, there can be no Satan. You I appreciate his point. point. I mean, Native Americans, Native Canadians 
some of their traditions involve mask wearing. I mean, we have to appreciate the context and the background for some of these traditions and these concepts before we just marginalize them and make unfair assumptions that they're to be equated with evil. Christianity's done a very good job, unfortunately, of marginalizing, uh, for example, Poseidon taking the trident of the ancient Greek god of Poseidon of the water and and turning that into a devilish symbol. That's the kind of reinterpretations of pagan history that Christians have done for 2,000 years. Mm. All of these things, uh, the the caller calls himself a pagan, the history of paganism uh, is bloody and it is awful and and there is no end to it. And we are seeing a return to it in our day. Uh, And as I said all along, uh, the truth is that Christ has conquered these things and these are just little bit of lapses back of the paganism. I, I think there will be a transformation of our culture again. But at the moment, we are seeing grave darkness growing, and I think the caller is naive beyond uh, the pale on this. All right, I'm going to have to cap it on that. That was a fascinating discussion. Culture warrior Scott Masson, associate pastor at the Westminster Chapel in Toronto, and Justin Trottier, spokesperson for the Canadian Secular Alliance. Appreciate it both, gents. Thank you for listening to this message brought to you by the Ezra Institute for Contemporary Christianity. Please feel free to share it with friends, but do not charge for or alter the material in any way without the express written consent of the EICC. Thank you.